every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students, to belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, where our heart is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. For more information, go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com. That's Mike Falkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. Thanks for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this, the 18th episode of the Made for Missions podcast. I am your host, Mike Falkenstein. So glad to be with you here today on the last few days of 2015. It's hard to believe that we're going to be into 2016 here before too long. But uh, yeah, so I'm very excited. Hopefully you can tell I'm very excited about this episode. The one downside about this episode is that I am without my co-host, Ken Watmore, who was unable to be with me today. But regardless of the fact that we will not have the usual witty banter between Ken and I, I'm very excited about this episode because I got the opportunity recently to interview one Mr. Chuck Lawless. And if any of you have been keeping up with ministry activities as it relates to Twitter, you know, postings as it relates to missions or evangelism or the Great Commission or church planting or church ministry, you've probably come across Chuck. And I have just really enjoyed the last couple of months reading a lot of his blog posts. He's doing a fantastic job. He's working a lot with uh, Tom Rayner, which, you know, once you get to that level, that's a whole nother deal. So that's been, that's been really fun to see. And so I just asked Chuck if we could sit and talk and have him answer our made for missions, three questions. And sure enough, he was very kind to allow us to, uh, to allow me to interv- interview him. And so this is the Chuck Lawless interview episode, and it just absolutely turned out so well. I was just so excited about uh, this episode, and there's a couple of reasons. First, to get Chuck to answer our questions was a big deal just on its own. Uh, Chuck is the Dean for Graduate Studies at Southeastern Seminary in Wake Forest, North Carolina. So he's acclaimed in the seminary academic world. He's also, for the International Missions Board, a team leader, his wife, and he also have a consulting company where they're helping churches. And so this is a guy who's thinking about these things a lot and at a very deep level, whether it's from the IMB perspective and actually having missionaries out on the field to the seminary level and teaching it to other people at a very high level. And so I was very excited to ask these questions of him. And so I hope that you really enjoy this episode, enjoy this interview. 
Let me just say, before we air the episode, and Chuck mentions this towards the end, but I just wanted to get it in one more time. Please do yourself a favor and visit Chuck's website, chucklawless.com. Follow him on Twitter, which just turns out it's actually C. Lawless Jr., but it looks like Clawless Jr. So he's at Clawless Jr. And the junior is just the, the abbreviation JR. And so follow him. Start reading his stuff. He's got some great posts, particularly as it relates to the Great Commission. I guess for me on this first section of our, our, our interview, the things that I appreciated the most is that Chuck really went back to if we if we believe and if we trust that the word of God is the word of God, you know, in relation to the Great Commission, it either applies to all of us or it applies to none of us. You can't pick and choose, which we've said before, you can't pick and choose what parts of the Great Commission commands we obey, what parts we don't obey. And he says, hey, if it's the word of God, the word of God applies to all who believe in the name of Jesus. And, you know, we talk a little bit in the second question about, is there such a thing as partial obedience to the Great Commission? And I really enjoyed that interaction. And so let me get you right to that interview. Hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'll be back here towards the end of the interview to wrap things up. Thanks for being here on the Made for Missions podcast. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so thrilled to be able to interview uh, Chuck Lawless. I actually have found him uh, originally uh, not only on Twitter, but also then his website, chucklawless.com. And uh, Chuck, I really appreciate you uh, being on our Made for Missions podcast today. Uh, thank you. I'm, I'm glad to be with you today. Chuck, before we, uh, if, you've, if you know anything about our podcast, we have three questions that we ask all the, the interviewees, the idea being that we want to get kind of a, a very broad sort of cross-section of the answers. Um, before we do that, give folks just kind of a minute or two of who you are, what you're up to. I know you're, you're, uh, you're working at a seminary and doing some other things, so give folks kind of the, the quick, uh, who is Chuck Lawless? Okay, I sure will. Thank you. I, I serve currently as Vice President of Graduate Studies and Dean of Graduate Studies at Southeastern Seminary in Wake Forest, North Carolina. Mm. I also work with our International Mission Board as a team leader of our theological education strategists uh, around the world. And then my wife and I also have a, a small church consulting company. And so mm. I, I wear a lot of hats these days. That's great. So you're uh, you're you're very rarely bored. In other words, I am very seldom bored. That's correct. <laughs> well, it's better to be a little busy. I always say than to be bored, right? There's indeed, indeed, there's, I agree. There's plenty of work to do. So, well, that's great. Well, I've just so appreciated what I've read of what you've already written about uh, the Great Commission and uh, churches, how they can be involved more involved in the Great Commission. So. Uh, we have these three questions that we ask all of our folks. Feel free to elaborate your answers, and uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, the first of our Made for Missions three questions goes like this. Given the passages of scriptures that address the Great Commission, 
do you believe that the Great Commission is a command that Jesus gives to all Christians? I, I do, Mike. You read the, the scriptures, and not once, but five times in the New Testament, Jesus gives us something that echoes the, the Great Commission in Matthew 28 and Mark 16 and Luke 24 and John 20 and Acts 1-8. Uh, and that that uh, repetition and the sense of urgency of his words uh, both uh, suggest to me that there's there's something really significant going on here. And there there are those, of course, who argue that Jesus was just speaking only to the apostles and, and not to us. But but it seems to me if that's the case in Matthew 28, for example, if he was telling just the apostles to make disciples and and baptize and teach people to obey. Then, then you have to take that whole text, meaning all of that was just for the apostles, which means only the apostles were to teach people how to obey Jesus. And we know, we know <laughs> that's not the case. That's yes, right. And so the, the, the text is much broader than that. And, and then if you, if you land where many of, or some have landed today, and that is that, that it's the professional clergy, it's the trained people, it's my, it's my graduate students at Southeastern Seminary, they're the ones who are supposed to be doing all of that work. Well, that's that's not even who the disciples were. They they weren't the trained leaders. They were the they were the tax collectors. They were the fishermen. They were the the untrained and uneducated. And so Jesus Jesus gave that command to a bunch of nobodies to go take the gospel to the nations. And that that command stands for all of us today. Mm, that's great. That's great. Uh, yeah, that's great. The second question is sort of uh, follows the first which goes, furthermore, what is the follower of Jesus' responsibility in knowing about the Great Commission and his or her responsibility to, to obey it, uh, given passages like John fourteen fifteen, which, as you probably know, uh, Jesus says, if you, if, you, uh, if you love me, you will follow my commands. Right. right. I, I love the question, Mike. I like the, the, the formation of the question because it asks the question about our responsibility to know and to obey, and I think I think both of those are are critical, and the combination of both is critical. First, as believers, we have to know we have to know Jesus' command. Uh, we have to know what Jesus told us to to make disciples of all the all the peoples of the world, to preach the gospel to all of creation, to be His witnesses to the to the ends of the earth. And if we don't if we don't know that, if we don't have head knowledge of that first. Uh, it's quite unlikely that we're going to do anything with that. So uh, I like that part of the question because it assumes that the church is teaching people that this is what Jesus told us to do. Uh, but but knowing it is is never sufficient. We, we have to know and then act on it, and that means we have to to obey what Jesus told us to do. And so when I, when I read that and I hear that question, I, I think in in these directions. One we. We have to first of all trust the word of God as the word of God. If mm-hmm. if what we read is that this is this is God's divinely inspired word that He breathed it to us uh, through the pens of men that the Holy Spirit carried along, according to to Peter's writings, then God has given us a book. And if God gave us a book, we we want to know what He says to us. And so it, it means trusting the word and deciding I'm going to follow that word. But but then it means it means living a life that, that glorifies God, a life that, that does not hinder the witness of the gospel, that, that we're called to be light in the darkness, that we're to live daily in repentance, and uh, we're to be the salt of the earth. And by the very way we live, people know that, 
that transformation has taken place. But even that's not enough in fulfilling the Great Commission. We, we can know and live a good life, but we still have to come to the point where we tell the story of, the story of Jesus. Mm. We have to do what, what the Apostle Paul did in the book of Acts several times, and that is he simply tells his story that this is who he was before, before Jesus came into his world, and this is how he met Christ, and this is how his life has been changed, and this is why he does what he does. Um, we, we have to come to that place to say, on, on the basis of the Word of God, I want to do what the Bible tells me to do, and because I love Jesus, and more specifically, because Jesus loved me enough to die for me, uh, I want to tell my neighbors, I want to tell my colleagues, I want to tell my coworkers, I want to tell my family about Jesus, the Son of God. That's right, and I've, I'll appreciate what you said initially about knowing Jesus' commands, because certainly there's not some uh, provision in the Bible that allows us to to take the commands that we want to obey and the the others that we don't, right? I mean, it's either full obedience or, I don't know if you'd say none, but certainly there is a certain disobedience if you're, if you're only partially obe- uh, obeying what Jesus wants. No, that's, uh, yes, that's exactly right. And, and I, think, I think what often happens for many believers is we, we think in terms of, of stopping the sins of commission in our life, that I'm not doing this, I'm not doing this, I'm no longer doing this, and so I settle for, as long as I'm not doing these things, I'm, I'm in God's will. And we forget that it's also sin to not do the things that he told us to do. Uh, mm. And so it's equally problematic if I read that I'm supposed to be telling the nation and I'm not doing it, then I'm, I'm still living in sin. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is the part of our podcast where we like to take a little break and allow our friend Tom Muller to Uh, give us a few good words. And so let us uh, break real quick and we'll be back right after this. Hi, Tom Moeller again. I'm often stricken by the passion of the missionaries of the 1800s. They had a clear understanding of the Great Commission command and their responsibility to obey. Listen to a couple of these quotes from these missionary heroes. Hudson Taylor, the first Western missionary to go into the inland provinces of China. The Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. Or how about Henry Martin, missionary to India and Persia? The Spirit of Christ is the spirit of missions. The nearer we get to Him, the more intensely missionary we become. It is the same spirit that Mike Falkenstein and the Made for Missions team brings to their calling to mobilize Christians toward the Great Commission. For those who want to join Mike and the team with that same zeal, I would encourage you to visit MikeFalkenstein.com and peruse the website and join Mike and his team in mobilizing Christians toward the Great Commission. Well, ladies and gentlemen, For this, the second half of the interview, I think you're really going to enjoy Chuck's answer to the third made for missions question. In particular, uh, you know, the third question deals primarily with practical ideas for people to fulfill the Great Commission in their own lives. And Chuck answers these questions so fantastically. I was so thrilled uh, to hear his answers. And I might even uh, 
end up using some of uh, his suggestions as I talk about this in person as I talk to groups and uh, church people. And so I'm really excited to, uh, to have him. Thanks again for joining us and appreciate your participation in what we're doing to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. Well, that's a great uh, segue to our third question, which is, you know, we're we're all about pointing these things out on our podcast, but then also uh, about full obedience. But then also, it's great to give people an, a some real practical ways that they can begin to get involved in Great Commission fulfillment. And so the third question goes, finally, for the average, quote-unquote, Joe or Jane Christian, uh, what are the top ways you would suggest for him or her to see Great Commission fulfillment in? Uh, their lives. Are there a few things you often tell people to kind of just get started? There, there are, and I think I think sometimes we actually overcomplicate this. The first thing I, I would say is we all need to go back and pray for God to take us back to the days when we were amazed by Jesus. And I'm thinking of, of the time when God first saved us and we're overwhelmed by grace and the the forgiveness God grants us is so powerful in our life that we can't help but but talk about that. I, I think what often happens in our life is the longer we're a believer, the more routine Jesus becomes to us. And when when Jesus becomes the norm to us, and we're no longer filled with wonder, we're no longer amazed at who he is, we, we lose our passion to tell others. And so I want us first to go back to, God, take me back to when you first rocked my world with grace. Uh, take me back to being that that baby believer uh, who who couldn't help but talk about you. So I think I think if we're not filled with wonder over Jesus again, it gets increasingly difficult to to start telling the story. So we start there. Then I I think practically we need accountability. We need somebody in our life who asks us the question: When when's the last time you told somebody about Jesus? For whom are you praying? Who are those non-believers who are so heavy on your heart that you're praying for them regularly? Mm. Um, so it's, it's being filled with amazement again. It's, it's getting accountability. And then, then I think we have to intentionally make a decision to get to the lives of non-believers. We, we get so cocooned mm. in the church world and so isolated with believers that we don't even know people to reach. So I, I think we have to be willing to get outside of our comfort zone and intentionally get to know neighbors and coworkers, invite them into our home, people that talk differently, that think differently, that, that frustrate us sometimes with their views. But if we don't, mm. if we don't go to them, mm. they're not going to come to us. And if we don't go to them, we're not modeling what Jesus did, and that is that he, that he came to us. Mm. And then finally, I think we just need to, we need to know the gospel and tell the story of what of what Jesus did in our life. And I, I even tell folks today, Mike, I, I think one of the ways we can do this, we struggle transitioning into telling the gospel. So particularly in cultures where we have permission to do this, mm-hmm. uh, where it, it's not threatening for us to, to share the gospel, I don't see a problem with simply saying to a friend, you know, I'm a follower of Jesus, and one of the one of our responsibilities as a follower of Jesus is to tell other people about him. Mm-hmm. Would you would you allow me to have five minutes of your life or ten minutes of your life to to tell you how much Jesus has changed my world? 
and, and my experience is, and I've, I've done this in multiple places, somebody's willing to listen. Not everybody, but somebody's willing to listen. And I don't have to, I don't have to figure out how to move the conversation of the gospel. I just lay it out point blank. Look, I follow Jesus. One of his mandates for us is we need to tell the story. Would you, would you allow me to tell mm. you what he means in my world? Mm. And every once in a while, God's got a heart ready. Um, That's right. And if folks don't want to listen, then, then they tell you that. If they do want to listen, then you've got full permission to launch into the gospel. And you don't worry about how you get there. You're there because you ask permission to go there. That's right. Boy, there's just uh, probably three or four things we could talk about uh, that you've just said, but I do appreciate what you've said about just beginning to reach out with people maybe that are close to you, right? That, you know, right. uh, as right. I often tell people, you're not probably going to be going to uh, Peru to share the gospel until you've gone to your, you know, shared the gospel with your neighbors. I mean, there's just people all around you who need Jesus. And in other words, you, you, can, right. you can start simple. Um, you know, you're probably not going to be effective overseas if you're not already doing that here. Um, and then number two, uh, you know, um, the co-host of the podcast and I often talk about, you know, our responsibility is to share the reaction that people have uh, that we're sharing with. That's that's beyond our, I mean, that's God's domain, right? That's something it, that God, it <laughs> I mean, we're only we're only called to to, to tell, um, and what happens after that is up to God. So, um, yes, that's that's correct. Our task is the easy part. It's it's just to tell the good news that's been in our life, and then leave the rest of it to God to move mm-hmm. on hearts. Because I think a lot of times that's the fear is, well, what are they going to say? What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, but really, well, don't don't worry about that part necessarily. You know, uh, your your responsibility is only to, uh, like the Mark sixteen passage, uh, to go and preach the gospel. That's that's that that's yeah. what that's what God's calling you to do. So, exactly, I agree. Well, thank you so much, Chuck. You've been so uh, what what an encouragement, and I know for our listeners, they'll be encouraged and. Uh, I'm hopeful, number one, that we get to continue to to do some other things together that, you know, maybe we'd even have you back on the podcast again. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, meeting you personally. Thanks for uh, thanks for uh, for being here with us. Well, I'd love to, to meet you personally as well. And I look forward to working with you again. Thank you much. Real quick, give folks kind of the how they get in touch with you. If they want to read more about what you're doing. I know you've got a uh, a website, right? The ChuckLawless.com. I do. I would invite invite your listeners to to go to ChuckLawless.com. I, I post a daily blog, and as I as I do my personal devotions, I also write a daily devotion. Mm. Holds me accountable, and I hope I hope blesses others. So I'd invite you to go to to both of those uh, areas of the website and uh, walk with us together as we work together to reach the world for Christ. And then give folks, if they want to connect with you on Twitter, where are you there? It's uh, C. Lawless Jr. It's at Clawless Jr. Okay. Clawless Jr. Great. Well, yes. um, you know, that's become such a great tool for for folks to connect. So I'll encourage everyone to go to your, your – follow you on Twitter as well. Thank you very much. Thank you for your work. Yeah, thank you, and uh, we'll look forward to having you here again.
All right. Sounds good, brother. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Chuck Lawless. I sure enjoyed having him. I definitely want to have him back. So, Chuck, if you're listening, uh, we definitely want to have you come back. In fact, I hope there are multiple ways that we can work together to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. I think I appreciated the most about that interview, especially that second half, is just Chuck's suggestion for all of us to go back to the days when we were amazed by Jesus. The longer that we're a believer, he says, the more routine he becomes. And isn't that just so true? Thanks so much for that, Chuck. And it really is true that if we keep our relationship with Jesus fresh, right, and we're walking with him daily and we continue to see him at work, it just makes it so much easier to tell others about what he's done in our own lives. And it really becomes almost a thing where we're just kind of naturally talking about Jesus just because that's where we live and what we're doing. And and so uh, that would be my encouragement for you all today as we, in this episode, remember what it was like when you first became a Christian and how excited you were and pray that Jesus allows you to go back to that place daily to remind you what he's done in your life and if we live in that reality, I think it just becomes so much easier to tell people about Jesus. Thanks so much, Chuck, for those wonderful words. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining us for this, the 18th episode of the Made for Missions podcast. Again, I'm Mike Falkenstein. You can find me on Twitter at MissionsMike. You can go to my website, MikeFalkenstein.com. Uh, where you can read the blog, learn more about how you can have me come and speak at your church. Would love to do it to mobilize your folks towards the Great Commission. Appreciate you all and your participation in our in our podcast. And we look forward to seeing you for the next episode, episode 19 next week, here on the Made for Missions podcast.